Well, we, um, here, let me start fresh. Good evening, everybody. It's great to see you and welcome and welcome all of our audience that is viewing us here. Thank you for joining us here at Hill City Church. It's a pleasure to minister the word of God to you. Bonnie and I are feeling great. Um, we weren't always feeling great. I, I, you know, yes, refresh, change, all that, but a lot of challenges with everything that's happening. Anyways, we usually take holidays in July. We did. And uh, so thus the explanation of the, the color of our arms and our face and everything. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, a little bit burnt and tanned and all those things. But feeling great and refreshed. And I want to say thank you for all your prayers that carry us and lift us and, and hold us up and our, our team here at Hill City. Thank you so much. And, um, you know, before summer, we said don't do summer alone. Don't do summer alone. And uh, very foreign times for so many of us, not gathering Sunday mornings for a couple services and inviting people and all that. And here we have this amazing opportunity, like never before, to press into God. His presence is in your house, by the way, because you're in his house calling out to him. And as you call out to him, he speaks to you and he begins to move your heart to pray for those that are near you. Not only your family, but your neighbors that live trustfully near you and to reach out to them and to show the love of God to them. Don't do summer alone. Don't let people that are around you uh, be absent of the experience of the presence of God that you carry with you in your life and the love of God that you get to express from your heart to them. You know, as I look through this room, I, my heart is quite overwhelmed uh, with gratitude because I know all of you and I look at you and I love you and Bonnie and I just appreciate all of you and what a family that we are a part of in God and you know we we've been talking about over this last month and great messages by the way while we were gone uh, the return about just really pressing into God not only us returning for Jesus returns but but really being on fire for God how about that for an old statement on fire for God that sounds like whoa <laughs> see the smoke and um on fire for god and and to return to god and help people help people just by loving them and and reaching out to them and now we're into this new series and it's called up next i just want to explain to you why i called it up up next and uh uh it has a lot to do with the bright future that jesus christ has for you and i and your life your life does not need to be submitted to the autoplay, like on YouTube or Facebook or whatever social media platform, or if you're a television watcher, to whatever is coming next on that channel. You are submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ, and we are not the people that are submitted by every word of propaganda, but we are the people of God that are submitted by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Okay, that's the living, breathing Word of God that we need to be submitted to and living out of. And if you're submitted to Christ, then he tells us really straight how to respond, uh, literally, to cold rejection and criticisms that are all around us. And I want to talk about that tonight, because if anybody demonstrated it well and perfectly, it was Jesus himself. And he demonstrated, he, he, he has given you a vision for your life, that is way beyond you. 
because the vision that he's given you is for someone other than you because he's saved you. Therefore, the vision he's given you is for the lost, is for people other than you. That's how he lived. He lived and he died for, and he gives us a pattern of how we can live our lives for him. And so tonight, my message is called Love's Gain. Love's Gain, Love's Gain, Love's Gain. And only love, only love gains the space, the time, and influence that nothing else on earth possibly can. And so love is a very, very important topic uh, today for us. And somebody say, God is love. You see, the theme of the Bible is the very, and the very word of God and the essence of who he is, is love. That's our message. That's the gospel. That's what saved you. That's why you're here. That's why Jesus died. That's why God our Father is in here, enthroned among the praises of his people here tonight. <laughs> Just smile and get excited because, like I said, he's at your house. When you get together with your family, you start worshiping, you talk, talk about Jesus, sharing the word of God. You invite your neighbors in your house. You get together into a park, you know, or someplace. Don't do it alone. Begin to reach out and expect and know that the presence of God touches people just like it touched you. Love's gain uh, comes out of pure motive and love. Uh, pure motive of love. In 1 Corinthians 13, 3, I just grabbed that one verse out of that love chapter that you all know so well. It describes love, but it says something pretty profound. Well, the whole chapter, of course, and you have it memorized, I'm sure, better than I do. But 1 Corinthians 13, verse 3, look at this. It says, and if I were to be so generous as to give away everything that I owned to feed the poor and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr, without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. And there are people that have given away everything they've owned for the poor, and there's people that have died a martyr's death for others. And it challenges the thought right there that you could do those things, but if your motive wasn't love, it doesn't have any value. That, that's powerful. A very strong statement for you and I here today as we, we look at how important it is that not just... Uh, doing things, but why do we do what we do? Why did Jesus do what he did? Our motive is love. It's a pure motive when it's love. If there's ever been a time in history where pure love, a pure love motive is needed and needed to be manifested in your life for the sake of Jesus Christ and others, the time is now in the middle of this pandemic, in the middle of all that everyone is going through right now. So we get to be the history makers in the middle of history, we get to make history. We get to be the ones where love gains the upper hand. Look what it says in 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 to 4. And it talks about the characteristics of the last days. Kind of what things are going to be like. It says there, but you need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce and difficult for the people of God. FYI. People will be self-centered, lovers of themselves, and obsessed with money. They will, be, they will boast of great things as they strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They'll ignore their own families. They'll be ungrateful and ungodly. They'll become addicted to hateful and malicious slander. 
slaves to their desires. They'll be ferocious, belligerent haters of what is good and right. With brutal treachery, they will act without restraint. Bigoted and wrapped in clouds of their conceit, they will find their delight in the pleasure of this world more than the pleasures of loving God. Surprise? No. It was foretold. It's here for us. And it's here for us to recognize things are going to be a little bit more difficult for us because we're lovers of God. It doesn't mean that, that those people then are worthy of any hatred, that we would reject people. In the, I mean, we were people in the world. We were people without God. And, and he says, it's not gonna, those people that don't have God, is, they're not going to get better, but they need Jesus for sure. And there's a way for them to get better. But here you are in the middle of it, and we need to be aware. And in Matthew 24, verse 12 to 13, and, and again, just running through a couple verses here as I open this up, it says, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. So, so increase wickedness, love growing cold. Not yours. Not yours. Pray not yours. Pray not mine. I would understand it of people that don't have God who express some love and kindness. They're able to do that. But the love of many will grow cold. Pray it not be the people of God. Pray that our love is so mightily manifested in this day and this time. That love of God that brought you to this place of faith and surrender and commitment to a living God, a people of faith. Matthew 5, 11 to 12. It says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil things against you because of me. He says, Jesus says, Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in some way they persecute, in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. We're talking about love's gains here. What, what is this like? Well, you all know. Well, because of me. Yes, you have biblical principles that you live by and there's things that you believe. There's principles that you live by that come out of a, a, a Christian worldview that you possess. It comes out of this living word of God that you read and it's principles that you live by and that you are submitted to in God. And it's life-giving. However, because you bear the name of Jesus, he says they hated me, they're going to hate you. But it's, it's what it's about. Because, you see, they don't know Jesus like you and I do. And so when we represent a Christian worldview, and when we get into arguments, we reap arguments. But when we represent the love of God, there's something in that. And the power of the Holy Spirit that falls upon people's lives that, that all of a sudden does a degree of switch in thought and process because you and I don't know. We don't know that you or I that are out there that God is going to miraculously lead to himself. And we get to be participants in it. Love's games. You see, the true test for you and I is how we will respond in love to rejections and persecutions. And many people that we know, they're being very vocal in different ways and things in social media and, and friends and family and one. And they're experiencing rejections and criticisms. We shouldn't be surprised by this. But love does not provoke nor 
is love provoked. Nor, in other words, you're not provoked by criticism and rejection because you love. Love is so powerful because its underlying motive is for the sake of others and not for self. Now, don't confuse passion and compassion. Because compassion is something that is born out of a, a true sympathy, mercy, and love that comes from the very heart of God. Well, wait a minute, passion? I'm talking kind of passionately here tonight. Because I believe what I believe. You believe what you believe. You're saying I'm supposed to water. No, I'm not saying that. Don't water down what you believe. But you know, the Bible is teaching you to be as cunning and as wise as a sermon and as gentle as a dove. Bring the life of Jesus through the love of God. So Jesus tells us how love gains. Here's where we're going to go tonight. Matthew 5, 43 to 48. Love for your enemies. It says, your ancestors have also been taught, love your neighbors and hate the one who hates you. However, now this is Jesus talking. He says, however I say to you, love your enemy Bless the one who curses you. Do something wonderful for the one who hates you. Isn't that beautiful? And respond to the... You might say, no, that doesn't sound very beautiful. That's, that's hard, Pastor Mitch. Yeah, it's hard. Not easy. Not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's good. It's right. It's the Bible. Jesus is teaching us something. He says to respond to the very ones who persecute you by praying for them. For that will reveal your identity as children of your heavenly Father. He's kind to all by bringing the sunrise to the warm, sunrise to warm and rainfall to refresh whether a person does what's good or evil. What reward do you deserve if you only love the lovable? Let that sink in. Don't even the tax collectors do that? How are you any different from others if you limit your kindness only to your friends? Don't even the ungodly do that? Since you are children of a perfect father in heaven, you are to be perfect like him. Wow! Okay, number one, do something wonderful for somebody that you don't like or somebody that doesn't like you. Oh, you didn't throw anything. Great! It's good to have a live audience. You can always get a tomato in the face. However... Jesus says, do something awesome. In return for hatred or rejection, disagreement, do something really nice. Powerful. Powerful. The anointing of the power of God through his love breaks the bones of animosity without touching, without saying a word of reaction. In this verse, it's saying, pray. It says, literally, turn the other cheek. Here's the other one. Serve those who despise you. If someone takes away your coat, Jesus talks about this, give him as a gift, your shirt as well. Even give to those who take from you wrongly, he says. Bam. All right, well, that's where the rubber meets the road. That's the world I live in. This is good. This is the gospel. You see, love's game, treat others the way you would want them to treat you. Tremendous game. Gain for you, gain for them. Gain for the kingdom of God and for his glory. Number three, besides doing something wonderful for somebody that you hate or that hates you, pray for the person who criticizes you. 
pray for. Now you think about prayer. That's, that's legit. Either you're praying or you're not praying. And when you're praying, who are you praying to? Your God in heaven. Who hears you and who you get to address because you know him through his son and you come to him boldly before his throne of grace and you pray for. Do you, do you know that that's good for your heart to pray for the people that criticize you? It changes your mind and it changes your heart. And guess what? God sets it up this way because he wants their heart just like he has your heart and my heart. So make this your mission. Make it your mission to pray for those who criticize you. People that put you down. People that reject you. People that are angry with you. It doesn't get any easier than this. It's challenging. He's teaching us to respond to our critics instead of react to them. Instead of throwing our arms up and begin to bring up a great big argument and a great, all these accusations or criticism for criticism. He who is wise wins souls, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. God is kind to all. How about we be kind to all? You're no different from the unsaved and non-Christian if you limit your kindness to your friends. It's what he said. It doesn't, there, there's no difference. This is the difference maker. This is the challenge. This love of God. Are you really showing true love by only loving those who love you back? Even those who don't know God will do that, he says. He says, are you really showing compassion when you do good deeds? Only to those who do good deeds to you. Even those who don't know God do that. We're a different people. The love of God manifests in our lives in this way. Is the difference maker. It's love's game. This is the change maker. This is what God did for you, to you, with you, on you, for you, around you, for your sake and for my sake. Number three, your gain, your reward comes from a God kind of love. Your reward. Well, it goes way beyond that. Obviously, it's a reward in heaven. It says, since you are children of a perfect father in heaven, you're to be perfect like him. And in the Aramaic, it means to be fully mature, whole, complete, lacking nothing, all-inclusive. Is, is, this, is this something that, that you can achieve and apprehend in your life by the Spirit of God, by the Word of God? Absolutely. Absolutely. You're not the same person that you used to be if you know Jesus. Jesus says that a good man's mouth overflows from good stored up in his heart. Somebody say overflows overflows from the good things from God that is stored up in his heart and therefore he is a responder instead of a reactor and it's the spirit of God that begins to speak it's a mind that's under the control of the Holy Spirit that responds to people when criticized and chooses to be as cunning and as wise as a serpent but as gentle as a dove and chooses his conversations very carefully for the sake of the other person because it's not about me after all I'm saved I have Jesus but what about my friends, what about the people that are listening, they're watching? You see, the reward is, a lo is loving the ones who don't love you. In Luke 6, 35 to 36, it says, But love your enemies and continue to treat them well. When you lend money, don't despair if you're never paid back. 
for it's not lost. Remember, this was the same group he was talking about, love of themselves, and they love money and, and, and gain and greed and all that in the world and increase of wickedness. So, so all of a sudden he uses this example in, 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 in Scripture, and, and it's a parallel to the original one I gave you here. The Luke says it a few different ways, but he says, he says don't worry about it. He says, you will, you will receive a, you, you want to get paid back. He says, I'll pay you back. Like, look at this. You will receive a rich reward and you will be known as true children of, of the Most High God, having his same nature. For your father is famous for his kindness to heal even the thankless and the cruel. Whew, let that get you. Show mercy and compassion for others, just as your heavenly father overflows with mercy and compassion for all. I remember personally despairing over money that wasn't paid back to me. I remember of an incident, and I'll be careful to just cover things here as I say this, but, but um, 30 years ago and, and 25 years ago. And, and I remember when cash was low a few times thinking, well, those dirty, rotten scoundrels, how can, you know, man, if they just paid me back, and then I'd, I should actually go after them right now. I let it go. I, I, I know about it. Obviously, I remember it, and I'm using an illustration, but I, man, pray for those people. I'm happy that I was a blessing. Now you say, well, they weren't a blessing to you. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The person was a blessing. What they did wasn't. I can let that go. People do wrong to us all the time. Actually, we're kind of used to it. It's okay. I did, I've done a lot of wrong to a lot of people. <laughs> I've not been nice to everybody. I haven't treated people well in my life all the time. Christian and pre-Christian for sure. <gasps> the reward is in the loving action. Have a pure generosity. Just do it. That's love's gains. He, he goes farther in, in the book of Luke, Luke 38. He says, Given and give, be given unto you. Press down, shaking together. Press down, shaking together. It will be poured into your lap. It says, he says, the measure, your measurement of generosity becomes the measurement of your return. Your reward, in other words. Now and later. Both in heaven and now. Peace. Let it go. Forgiving. Yea, blessing to the person. That's, that's with them. I don't, I don't even, you know, here's the thing. We, we think we're getting even somehow, you know, like, oh, I'll pray for them, all right. And, you know, and they're like, they should really feel guilty. Like, oh, no, they should actually, Lord, bless them. Bless them with the knowledge of who you are and your loving kindness and your goodness. And then one of the other ones in this is the reward is in judging yourself and not others. Shoot, I don't get to keep judging people. No, you don't. You know what I call it? I call it, I call it um, uh, um, speck and plank theology. Speck and plank theology. What it does is it totally uh, deals with hypocrisy in you and me because we have hypocrisy. Plank and speck theology is about you dealing with the plank in your own eye before you point out the speck in somebody else's. That's priority. There's a reward in that. Judging yourself first. Luke 6, 37, TBT, it says this, Jesus said, forsake the habit of criticizing and judging others, and then you will not be criticized and judged in return. There's a reward. Look at others and pronounce them guilty, and you will not experience guilty accusations yourself. Did I read that right? Don't look at others and pronounce them guilty, and you will not experience guilty accusations yourself. Forgive over and over, and you will be forgiven over and over and over. There's a change that needs to take place within us by the power of the love of God that when it's manifested in such a way, it totally, totally changes the equation in life and the people that we're with and that we're talking to. 
And Jesus, again, in the same chapter, he quotes Proverbs. He says, can a blind man lead a blind man and not fall into the same ditch? You are not a blind guide. You have this truth that I'm talking about tonight of love that has the power to change things and bring people to, the, to truth and relationship with God. You see, I'll say it again. Love gains the space, time, influence. Nothing else can or ever will. People need you to love them. You know, today in the world, there's, there's so much, so much distress, so much depression. Love has grown cold, but not in you. Corey Tenboom, to quote her, she said this as I wrap up. If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. Uh-huh. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But she said, if you look to Christ Jesus, you'll be at rest. I love those words. I love those words. You see, you have the power of love's gain living within you by the Spirit of God to express it in this way, not any way, but in a way that you love those that don't love you. That's what you're called to. There was a man in Australia who lived by a cliff. In the 50 years of living on this cliff edge, this man, this man, brought 160 people averting them from suicides by jumping off of that cliff. And the way he did that was by inviting them into his house for tea, ladies and gentlemen. And I say to you as I close today, what cliff are you living beside? Because there's people on the edge of that cliff that are distressed and they're looking at within and they're depressed because they don't have the hope that you have. And you're literally saving them to an eternal life. You are one of the people, if not the person, that's going to lead them to Jesus Christ, the Jesus that you know. And they're going to they're gonna spit on you at times and they're going to cuss at you and, and give you a bad time and reject you and you're going to love them and you're going to keep loving them and you're going to keep forgiving them and you're going to present to them this, this powerful love. So what metaphorical cliff are you living on? There's people right there that Jesus Christ saved you and he puts you living on that cliff so you can bring them into your house for tea. Okay, maybe outside at a distance of two meters for tea. However, the same principle applies. We get to share this amazing love. Pray with me. Father, tonight, I judge my own heart before you and receive the reward of seeing who I am through your eyes. Show me as I look in the mirror of your grace, as you have been faithful over the years, as I have known you and so many have, to show us our frailties, to show us our sin, to help us, Lord God, to repent and turn from sin. Lord, to love the way you love and to show kindness to all people in the love of God, not the not just the people that are easy to love that are right next to us, around us, Lord, but those that criticize us and reject us. Lord, teach us to love the way you love. But Father, tonight we again surrender our lives to you. If you're watching and 
you're here tonight, invite Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life. It's a very simple plan, and it's to admit our need for him. It's to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and that he died on a cross for your sin, that he died in your place for your sin, to provide a washing and cleansing to forgive you of all sins and for you to confess your faith in him. It's a very simple process, but it's a faith process. And I believe God is bringing you to that. Let us know. We'd be happy to pray for you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. Take the word of God home with you tonight. I can invite you to stand. And... Thanks for listening. We would love to hear how you have been impacted by this message. You can contact us at info at hillcity.ca or simply find us on Facebook and Instagram.